Hello and welcome to Fill in the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. My name is Alejandra Angulo. I'm a broadcast journalist from Havana, trained in London, and now living in Barcelona. I'll be covering Lorcan while he's on paternity leave. I promise he will be back soon. But in the meantime, join me on this journey to discover Catalonia together. As they say here, the Mica Mica Sompla La Pica. Little by little, the sink fills up. While approximately 7 million people are lucky to call Catalonia home, many more choose its capital, Barcelona, as a holiday destination. Just in 2019, the city received 8.5 million visitors. In this episode, we'll be discussing the pros and cons of tourism in the territory, including economic growth, price increases, bruises, and different political views towards the current influx of visitors. Stay with us. And I'm joined by Gerard Escash Folk and Christina Thomas White. How are you guys? Good, thank you for having us and welcome to the podcast. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's nice to see you here. So, I have a question for you. Since I moved to Barcelona, I have seen the words tourists go home and similar signs, messages painted on street walls across the city many, many times. Why are so many people bothered by tourism here? Well, simply because there's so many people, you know, it's a very densely populated city. So whenever tourists come, you, you notice it, you know, unlike other European cities that maybe have like wider streets here, there's no way of getting around it, especially in the city center. And then we have also seen like a huge increase of tourism in the last years. It's been tricky. Christina, you actually, you elbow your way down La Rambla towards the Gothic Quarter um, during this big uh, tourist season. I did. I did. It was it was quite um, an endeavor. Let's have a listen. I'm beginning my field trip through Barcelona's old town here at the top of the Rambla Boulevard, which is possibly one of the city's most famous streets. And it kind of has a Times Square vibe to it in the sense that tourists seem to to love it and locals often avoid it at all costs if they can. There's a ton of people as far as the eye can see. Uh, many of them are clearly on vacation. There are also some locals too. You can easily tell them apart because, you know, not only because of how they speak or what they're wearing, but they seem to know where they're going. Weaving my way through the Gothic Quarter's narrow, crowded streets, I've been able to talk to a few people who actually work in this neighborhood just to see what they think about tourism and what the summer's been like for them so far. First off, I talked to Guillem, who works at an ice cream parlor on La Rambla, at the top of La Rambla. And he said that cruises are actually a good thing for the city and the good thing for them because they bring, they bring in a lot of business. Maite, on the other hand, um, a woman who works at a clothing store in Plaza de la Vila de Madrid, where the Roman ruins are. She understands that people who live in the Gothic Quarter are probably really annoyed at the crowds and the noise, and they're just tired of it all. And that's why she suggested that maybe we need higher quality tourism. You know, the people that come in spend a lot of money and not so much the people that are going to come here and party and make a lot of noise. 
I also spoke with Jobinjeet, who works at a souvenir shop right beside Maite's store, and he said that business had been picking up a bit this year, but that it still wasn't that great just because of inflation. Yeah, little bit, but not uh, good because it's, uh, the price of the, uh, the hotel and everything very expensive. Yes. My next stop was just outside the Gothic Quarter, not far from the Santa Caterina Market, to talk to Daniel Pardo, a local activist who fights the negative effects of over-tourism. And all of a sudden I heard, este desahucio lo hemos parado, we've stopped this eviction. I noticed a crowd of protesters on the other side of the square, some of whom I recognized from talking to them for assignments on Barcelona's housing crisis, and I knew Daniel would probably be there among them. When I found Daniel, I asked him what was going on. He started to tell me that they'd managed to stop a low-income woman from being evicted, but then stopped and corrected himself. It's most likely just been delayed a couple months. When there were more COVID restrictions, he said, locals reclaimed the streets and there were even children playing in what are usually crowded tourist hotspots. But now that people are traveling again, things have quickly gone back to business as usual. As much as it frustrates him to have to weave his way through crowds, to be awoken by drunk tourists at night, or to have to walk farther to find stores that sell basic items, he said one of the worst parts of mass tourism is the way that it makes real estate prices in trendy areas go up, sometimes, unfortunately, leading to evictions. Not to mention the industry's precarious working conditions or its environmental impact. Full disclosure here, I myself have spent summers working those low-wage jobs that cater to tourists. In my case, in bars and restaurants with long, exhausting hours that were paid mainly under the table. And I've actually lived just minutes from where Daniel and I met up. I'm in front of the building I used to live in years ago. And uh, <laughs> all these memories are coming back to me, I swear, every day. You'd have crowds of people taking pictures of your door just because it's so tiny. And there was a tour guide, a graffiti tour guide, who would come by and at the same time every day you'd hear him say the exact same things. And there's also the cello player who would play his music on the corner, the same songs every day. Other locals I spoke with echoed similar concerns. Uh, yeah, uh, my name is Juan. I live here in the neighborhood in the Gothic. It's very crowded. It's a lot of people. You can walk on the streets. It's always dirty. People do a lot of noise at the night. I continue on my journey, braving the heat. I also talked to a couple people along the way. My name is Brooke. Well, I'm from the States, but I live in Germany. Obviously, we're going to go see Sagrada Familia. We're going to the beach for a bit. and. Uh, what's the name? Fred. Where are you from? France. And is there any particular site that you want to go visit now that you're here? Uh, Sagrada Familia. And um, just walk around the seafront. Um... Mercat de la Bucaria is uh, one of the main tourist spots here in, in the Gothic Quarter. And it might look like other markets you'd find in other neighborhoods, but it's, it's packed. Very few, if no locals. There are a lot of things that you wouldn't find in other uh, neighborhood markets. Um, like right in front of me, there's a there's a stand that 
sells sangria in red and yellow boxes. The the bottle, it's the shape of a bull. Um, I, I highly doubt you'd see that in most other neighborhood markets. You know, there's also turron on sale here. Turron is something that people usually eat for Christmas, around Christmas time. It's a, it's a kind of sweet. Um, you wouldn't find that in stores that locals shop in. Not, not this time of the year. And I keep on walking. So we'll go back to Christina's report in a minute. I would like to take a pause now to discuss why is the debate about mass tourism back under the spotlight. Barcelona has been coping with mass tourism for many years already, especially after the 1992 Olympic Games, which, by the way, we are producing an episode about that too, so stay tuned. But going back to today's topic, I mean, let's be honest, this is not the first time this issue has been covered by the Catalan, Spanish and international media. No, definitely. I mean, it's not a new issue. It, there were fewer people that came here during COVID, of, cur of course, but um, before that, just the number of visitors kept on incre increasing year after year after year. And Barcelona is not a very big city, so it's bound to, to cause problems. You know, there are a lot of people coming every day. Yeah, in fact, we have to consider Catalonia as a really well-connected territory because it has an international airport, it has train connection with France, roads with Spain, and also it has the sea. So many cruise ships come in. Yeah, in fact, this year, only, only in Barcelona, they are supposed to dock around 800 cruise ships. And we also have ports in the southern area of Tarragona, in the northern area of Girona. So it's not only a Barcelona. small number. Yeah. So, Cristina, after you finish at La Boqueria Market, uh, you started walking towards the port. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That faint hum there in the background is a huge, huge massive cruise ship right in front of me. Finally made my way down through the Gothic Quarter all the way to the cruise ship terminal here in the port. And I, I just, I don't even know how many people fit on this ship, but many, many definitely do. In front of it, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, 12, 13, 14, at least 14 big private tour buses that are waiting to pick up their passengers. I spot Mr. and Mrs. Arnold, an older couple from England, who have descended from one of the cruise ships that stocked in the port. We're, we're, um, we're on our way back, really. We went to uh, France yesterday. We've been round the town um, this morning on a tour bus, yeah. not, not to get off, but absolutely beautiful town. We like Spain, but uh, we like France. Really. We've been to Spain lots of times in our, in our life, so, but not Barcelona. I see two other men walking back to one of the ships, sweating and pink in the face, one of them with his shirt open. They've clearly just been to the beach. Henry, a wheelchair user, tells me what he likes about cruises. Well, I can't really go on planes, so it's like nice to go on boats and because boats take, take you everywhere. I hadn't considered, and yet it makes perfect sense why cruises can be so appealing to the elderly or people with limited mobility. And with that, I call it a day. But as I'm leaving the area, I spot the Arnolds eating lunch at a restaurant on the Rambla. I can't help but chuckle to myself a bit. Maybe that's why they like France better. So that's what you saw, but I was wondering, is the government doing something about it in the ports? 
Well, it's a bit of a point of contention because not everyone wants to do the same thing. You know, obviously there's some people that would want more ships to come, others that wouldn't. Yeah, in fact, Barcelona Mayor at a club proposed limiting to three cruises per day. And in fact, the local government is studying, considering the situation. Alongside it, the yeah, government, right? Yeah, because it generates a lot of problems for residents, especially those living in the Ciutat Vella neighborhood, which is the mo- one of the right most... Right by the port. Central, yeah, exactly, right by the port, one of the most central areas in the Catalan capital. But also we have the other side of the story, which is Damià Calvet, the president of the Barcelona port, who mm-hmm. says that this industry generates an economic impact of around 1 billion euros and need and employs around 9,000 people. Yeah, so uh, Calvet, the former sustainability minister, says this. Um, however, there are a lot of people that say, well, you know, they might bring in money, but the the kind of jobs that they generate aren't necessarily the, the most, um, I mean, sometimes they can be rather precarious. And the people that tend to come on cruises, you know, they're, they're not staying in hotels, so sometimes mm-hmm. they're like in and out of the city and yeah, just take up space. <laughs> yeah, and that's what the city council wants to tackle now. They just announced that they will regulate walking tours around the city and they will limit attendees to less than 30 people. In fact, in Ciutat Vella, they will limit to less than 15. Some people have already said that it's still a big group, but some others welcome the measure. Yeah, it really depends on, you know, what side of the equation you are. If you're earning, if you're making any money, if you have a stake in this, then maybe you think one way. And if you maybe live in the area, Area and have been negatively impacted, you have another opinion. Yeah, it's more or less what happens with the hotels associations and restaurants associations and the Catalan Tourism Board. They say they are happy and they are looking forward to this summer. And that's what they told me. Hotels, restaurants and even the Tourism Board, they all expect this summer to be one of a kind after the COVID-19 pandemic. Yo creo que Bars and restaurants expect to reach around 80% of 2019's levels. Roger Pellerols is the director of Barcelona's Restaurants Association. These are optimistic and positive figures after all we have been through, he says. We also spoke with Patrick Turrent, he's the executive director of the Catalan Tourist Board. 95% of the hotels are open with a, a good level of occupation. Then uh, it seems that it's a, a good, it will be a good season. With borders open once again and almost no COVID-19 restrictions to enter the country, overseas visitors have been returning to Catalonia's streets. There will be more Americans or Spanish nationals than visitors of other nationalities depending on the hotel. This is Jordi Clos, the president of the Barcelona Hotels Association. The city will also welcome French, Italian and British visitors along with some Nordic tourists, he added. These two years where people uh, have stayed at home, have uh, been having staycations. And now, uh, thanks to these uh, savings, they uh, prefer to spend all these saves and uh, to travel, to recover experiences, to recover sensations, uh, traveling a lot. The good news is that Barcelona remains a top destination, Perol said. It is appealing to tourists and continues to be an excellent place to visit. But current affairs are also impacting an already affected sector. The war in Ukraine has pushed prices to an all-time high and has also led to the loss of a key tourist market. Right now we have also lost the Russian market, which is also important for Barcelona, but especially for the coast, Jordi Claus said. This destination needs to 
identify uh, alternatives, other markets that could uh, guarantee the uh, activity level in uh, areas like Salou, Cambrils, Vilaseca, uh, for example. La crisi inflacionista is great. At the moment, the inflation crisis is really bad, Roger Pallarols from the Restaurants Association says. But for now, it is not affecting consumers' pockets, he adds. But it clearly will end up having an impact on prices. Despite the current situation, hotels, restaurants and the tourism industry say we uh, are optimistic for the future. But Gerard, what I got from your report is that despite all the challenges, the hospitality sector remains hopeful. Yeah, in fact, they are looking forward to the summer, but we also have to see another important figure in the tourism industry, especially in Barcelona, which is Airbnb. Yeah, or just tourist departments yeah. in general, you know, but especially Airbnbs. Barcelona has one of the highest uh, rates of um, floods, of tourist floods, inhabitants what more than Rome or London and which are both bigger than Barcelona so you know it's something that puts a notable strain on the city Airbnb is just a platform so it's not up to them to make sure whether each flat is licensed or not so it, it's a lot harder than than one would expect for the council to tackle this issue so guys based on what has been said and all your research and the topic any tips for people looking forward to visiting Catalonia? Advice on not being another annoying tourist? <laughs> don't wear sandals <laughs> with socks. Yeah, um, don't judge everything based on what you see at on the Rambla. Yeah, make don't sure eat you're in the Rambla. Not yeah, it. make make sure you, if you stay to tourist department, make sure it's licensed. Or go to a hotel, apartment, like don't, licensed apartments are plenty. Yeah, don't be loud and drunk at night, especially in the old quarter because all the streets are narrow and everything echoes. And be very respectful with neighbors. Yes, yes. Especially that one. So, time now for our Catalan phrase. What is it this week, guys? I'll say, Cristina. <laughs> Go for Barcelona it. Barcelona is it. bona si la sona. So Barcelona is good if... If the back makes noise. If, yeah, money. money, money. It's always <laughs> yeah, about money in yeah, Barcelona. Yeah. I understand now. So Barcelona is nice if you have the money to enjoy it. If you have the money, yeah. That's all we have time for today. Thanks again to everyone that spoke with us. Thanks for tuning in. We are back again next Saturday with another episode of Feeling the Sink. Until then, from me, Alejandra Angulo, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adeu.